0: What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host on Locked on Dolphins. Today on the show, reacting to the news that the Miami Dolphins have used their franchise tag and designated tight end Mike Isecki under said franchise tag for the 2022 season. And additionally, how the other franchise tags across the league are impacting the Dolphins' free agent strategy for next week.
1: You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily
2: Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. Today is Wednesday, March 9th, 2022. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day as we react today. So the news that we we felt should have been coming, uh, but you never wanted to assume that it was because if it didn't, then it would have opened up a whole other can of worms. Uh, Miami Dolphins placing the franchise tag on tight end Mike Isecki. That was announced early on Tuesday. Uh, they didn't waste too much time. I, I guess they wanted to make sure Mike really enjoyed his day down on his honeymoon. <laughs> uh, uh, 109 million dollars fully guaranteed for the 2022 season is the current financial situation that Mike Gasecki finds himself in and of course players across the league usually want that long-term stability that long-term contract but this is a nice payday for a member of the Dolphins who quite frankly after the first year of, of his career with the Dolphins did not look to be uh a high value player, and he has steadily evolved. And over the last three seasons, he has caught 177 passes for over 2,050 yards and 13 touchdowns 73, 780, and two coming last season. One of the centerpieces of the Dolphins passing offense. And of course, the whole debate with Mike Kasecki is not whether or not he's a good football player. The debate with Mike Kasecki was whether or not in the new system that was being brought in, Uh, that the Dolphins were going to value his skill set in a way that guaranteed that they would allow him to be back under contract. And and by what I mean there is exactly what happened. The franchise tag is not a negotiable. Now, a player can elect to not sign his tender, as Jadeveon Clowney did a few years back. And ultimately, that player is technically not under contract uh, and cannot play and Clowney used that to gain leverage against the Texans and ultimately facilitate his trade to the Seattle Seahawks. If you remember, the Dolphins were interested in acquiring Jadavian Clowney that year in 2019. Well, Clowney, because he did not sign his tender, effectively turned it into a no-trade clause. He said, I will sign my tender to be traded elsewhere when you trade me where I want to play. So, This is that is the extreme example of what can go wrong with the franchise tag. Now, as far as Mike Gesecki, there is something else that, from the Dolphins' perspective, at the very least, it would not be wrong for Mike, could go wrong. And that is if Gesecki files a complaint or whatever the proper verbiage is uh, for asking an arbitrator to look at his designation
1: and serve as a tight end versus a wide receiver. And he would have a great point. And I
0: know we we went over this with Mike uh, over the course of the last couple of weeks, talking about his usage and snap percentage as an inline player versus a slot player versus a perimeter player. And like 85% of his snaps, he's taking detached from the offensive set. So if Mike were to file a claim, and if Mike were to successfully win that appeal, which is the word I've been looking for this whole time, uh, Mike would be due for about an extra $7 million this year. a lot of money. Uh, And that's where it gets really dicey. Uh, because in the lexicon of wide receivers and wide receiver production and wide receivers that are making that kind of money. Now you're entering into an error with Giseki that you don't particularly feel comfortable with from a compensation perspective. But what I do appreciate, and this is something that the Dolphins have struggled with for quite some time. Drafting good players and keeping good players is not something, if you reflect over the last 10 years of this organization, It should be considered as a strength. They draft players, they become good players, and they eventually leave, like the Jarvis Landrys of the world, who, no, I'm not advocating for them to bring him back this offseason. I think his athletically, I think his best days are behind him. Admire the toughness. I just don't think he's a dynamic run-after-catch guy that would really help amplify
1: this offense. Olivier Vernon. Lamar Miller. Shoot, even guys like Billy Turner, who weren't good players here, but became good players elsewhere.
0: And I'm sure I am forgetting a slew of examples. Mika Fitzpatrick's another good example. Players who are good players that the Dolphins drafted, but they could not make it work long-term. So this is at least a step in that direction, assuming this is not part of a larger maneuver that involves a tag and trade. But I will say this based on the action we got across the rest of the league yesterday, I think a tag and trade scenario for Mike Gasecki is a little less likely. Because I think about one of the favorite landing spots that I had for Mike Gasecki as a potential trade target the Los Angeles Chargers. It was appealing. Why? Because Mike Williams was an expiring contract. Well, Mike Williams got. Three years, $60 million uh, with, I think, close to $40 million guaranteed yesterday. He's back under contract
1: with the Chargers. Lock it in. David Njoku, another one of the tight ends. Got the franchise tag.
0: And if anybody ever wants to poke at the Dolphins for uh, using the franchise tag on Mike, I think Mike doubled up David and everything other than touchdowns. And David Njoku is a good player. Make no mistake about it. Uh, but 36 receptions for 475 yards and four touchdowns was in Joku's production versus 73,
1: 780, and two. And Mike's been more available. But Dalton Schultz also got the tag. Dallas
0: Cowboys tight end, uh, who I have pointed to as, if you're going to transition, I would take the swap. I would take Dalton Schultz over Mike Iseki for this offense. Schultz finished with 78, 808, and eight. Uh, His last two seasons have been extremely productive, but the Dallas Cowboys hit him with a franchise tag. That may ultimately be a maneuver that costs them the ability to retain Amari Cooper. And if that's the case, I think there's a reasonable trade off from a Dolphins perspective and interests to be made
1: there. So, some interesting.
0: Uh, moving and shaking amidst the tight ends. I know Evan Ingram did not receive the tag. He is
1: scheduled to hit free agency, and he's probably going to reap the benefits of that. But I thought it was especially of note that Injoko,
0: not so much as a player who wasn't necessarily on my radar for the Dolphins, but Dalton Schultz also getting the tag, I think kind of locks Miami in a little bit more. You don't have that big fish out there, That would be the big money player that would allow you to justify transitioning away from Gusecki. So now, in
1: my mind, I'm probably favoring, based on what the market now looks like, to keep Gusecki, to utilize Hunter Long, ask yourself the question if Durham
0: Smythe has a piece of the puzzle or not, potentially draft on day three, one of these really good tight ends. This is a very deep tight end room. Uh, there's more talent available now on day three than what you would normally get on an average year. And I think that's, um, that's a possible pathway for us to, to really have a deep tight end, even if it's a round three player like Greg Dulcich from, from UCLA or Jeremy Ruckert from Ohio state, uh, Jelani Woods from Virginia is interesting to me. Austin Allen from Nebraska. These are pro-ready bodies and builds, 260-plus for their size. Ruckert's 250. Dulcich, 250. Um, Those guys are probably round three guys. You've got some good options. You know where else you got good options? At Built.com. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber. low in calories and low in sugar, and they have 100% chocolate on all of their bars. I believe I saw something for white chocolate Shamrock that just came through, which has my interest peaked. May or may not have bought 12 boxes. as a knee-jerk reaction to seeing it. I'm a big sucker for the white chocolate flavors, but uh, I digress. You can visit built.com, Use promo code LOCK15. Save 15% off your next order. Whether you're looking for dessert flavors, fruit flavors, uh, they are all, low in calories, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. Built.com promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
1: But, of course, uh, there were players tagged that were not just tight ends. And the ones that are of most interest to you as Dolphins fans are
0: a couple of wide receivers and a couple of offensive tackles. Chris Godwin uh, got the franchise tag from Tampa Bay. He's off the market. Devontae Adams, Green Bay Packers, got the franchise tag. He's off the market. It was announced yesterday as well. Aaron Rodgers coming back to the Green Bay Packers. And uh, promptly, once that shoe fell, the other shoe fell, and the AFC just got a whole lot shittier for us to deal with because Russell Wilson got traded to the
1: Broncos. Sick. Sweet. For, like, very little, too, in the grand scheme of things. Two ones two this year that's a top 50 pick of five, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, and Drew Locke. Broncos still have five picks in the top 125 after the trade. Make sense of that if you can. Good luck playing the AFC West this year. Um, I digress. Sorry. I'm mad just thinking about it. <laughs> um, so the, what, what happens now with the wide
0: receiver room is the two best players are off the market.
1: So if the Dolphins are going to be players for a big name wide receiver, they're going to have to hope that Amari Cooper gets cut by the Cowboys. Because Allen Robinson at 29
0: years old, is not necessarily a player that I'm super enamored with bringing into the fray here. He's a better version of Devonte Park. Okay. But with whatever dead weight you're going to carry from Parker if you transition away from Parker, and potentially Allen Robinson being the, the lone big name left in free agency, what does that financial exchange look like? And it's probably one I'm not overly comfortable if we're being honest. Now, if you were to go out and tell me that the the Dolphins were shopping for Tyler Lockett from Seattle, who's in the midst of a teardown now, they traded Russell Wilson, or they agreed to trade Russell Wilson away yesterday. They told Bobby Wagner he's getting released. Tyler Lockett is reportedly available to be had. Tyler Lockett is, is the exact wide receiver that this team should be aspiring for. And I would say DK Metcalf too, but I think DK Metcalf, who reportedly can also be available at the right price. I just think DK, and this was the same reason why I didn't put Chris Olave to the dolphins in my most recent mock versus a player that was available. DK wins down the field. DK in an offensive system that is going to ask for a lot of run after catch. DK can win run after catch, but he wins run after catch with physicality
1: at the top of the route and at the catch point and after the catch immediately on the perimeter and challenging corners to tackle him. one on one. that can fit here. uh, But DK's best qualities are the vertical receiving on the perimeter down the field. And I
0: just don't know that that's the investment in the swing that I would want to make. And in the same light that Chris Olave, who's a very different build of a player does all of his best work 20 plus yards downfield when i did my mock draft for the draftnetwork.com this week i
1: had jahan dotson on the board who we just did our deep dive cross check on over at the draft network this week this is a guy i know he's 178 i know we've been preaching wide receivers that block in the run game cuz
0: that was the feedback it's all the feedback i got from dolphins fans is Kyle you know i can't believe you didn't pick chris olave you've told us he's a better player and Kyle, you told us the wide receivers need to be able to block to help the running game, and you picked a small wide receiver. Their personnel groupings, and yes, it's not just going to be as simple as well. We'll do Devontae Parker and Mac Collins when we want to run the ball. You can put Jalen Waddell and Jahan Dotson on the field at the same time. Just put them in tw- uh, a stack
1: twins away from the run strength and run the ball this way. And if you want to motion, you can motion. And so you can go. Uh, 12 personnel or 21 personnel, put them on the same side, put
0: the tight end of this hand in the dirt over here, have a fullback on the field and motion him around. And As long as that fullback's a, a versatile player, like what the 49ers had in use check,
1: you can make it work. You can be very threatening with both speed and with a running game.
0: So as far as DK Metcalf goes, uh, I'd be interested I would like to know what that cost would be, uh, but I do think Tyler Lockett is the better fit from a player skill set perspective for what, again, Tua Valoa has shown he best operates with, especially if you're going to bring back Mike, uh, and Mike is going to serve as a bigger receiving target as well. So well, that, that's the the wide receiver shift is notable. It's something we kind of anticipated, but to see Godwin also get the tag on top of Devontae Adams is a, it's a bit of a buzzkill. It is what it is. Uh, according to SpotTrack, the top available free agent wide receivers
1: currently on the market. You have Allen Robinson, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, Mike Williams signed a contract, so Christian Kirk is a name of note. Michael Gallup, but if the Cowboys
0: are going to be cutting Amari Cooper, it is presumably so that they can retain Gallup services as well.
1: Sammy Watkins. Juju Smith-Schuster. You can see how this situation, Will Fuller, has suddenly
0: turned a little dire, if you were hoping on remaking the wide receiver group. So let's make a call to Seattle and find out what DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett's cost would look like.
2: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Um, but we also had two offensive tackles. Who got the tag? Significant players for Miami. Although I, I don't think either one of these two players was a strong scheme fit for Miami. So I think this is if you're looking for the silver lining, uh Orlando Brown Jr in Kansas City with the Chiefs and Ken Robinson in Jacksonville, um I don't think either one of those two players would have been high-level scheme fits for the Dolphins wanting to run a lot of zone. Uh, they're both bigger body guys, more power style blockers. But what I do think is interesting here, what I do think is of special interest is Jacksonville was reported to be very hot and heavy on the trail of Teron Armstead. Well, they instead chose to franchise tag Cam Robinson for a second time. When you franchise a player for the second time, it involves a percentage boost, and not a small percentage boost. I think it's 15 or 20% over what the player had received last year. So Cam, last year, got $16.5 million. And I'm not a math guy. Right? I'm not going to pretend to be a math guy. But if it's 20% of 16.6, I mean, you're, you're talking another $3, $3.5 million. Cam Robinson's going to get $20 million this year from Jacksonville. Does that smell a little funny to you, knowing that this was a team that wanted Teron Armstead? And who's the other team that's been so widely associated with Teron Armstead and free and see oh, yeah, that's right the Dolphins and if Jacksonville's punting
1: on Teron Armstead and just saying we'll just give Cam 20 and call it a day. what do you think that means? Teron Armstead's gonna be my bill. I'm calling my shot
0: now as far as the other offensive tackle spot goes, uh you can find a reasonable amount of talent. It's not going to be high-level talent, but when the floor is Jesse Davis, you can find a reasonable amount of talent. I'm looking at some of these names that are listed as
1: available. and trying to keep in mind scheme fits for the Dolphins. I see a name like Joe Nopu still out there of interest to
0: me. And then, again, you also have to remember you, you have uh, Lee Meikenberg, who's going to be looking for a home on the offensive line, and the
1: team invested a two and a three to draft him last year. So that's, like, that's not small, small change.
0: But we'll see what ends up happening at center uh, with Ryan Jensen, because that's another player that the Dolphins have had reported interest in pursuing. So here's the deal.
1: If you sign Teron Armstead and Ryan Jensen to your offensive line and you go Armstead, presume let's call it Michael Dieter or Austin Jackson at
0: left guard, or you can draft a guard on day two or day three.
1: Okay, So that one's kind of a mystery spot. And then you'll have Ryan Jensen, and then you're going to have Robert Hunt, Liam at right tackle and I know we don't like the idea of Liam at right tackle
0: because he didn't showcase himself well this past year but I think in an environment in San Francisco that offers and I said this on Joe show yesterday when I went on with Joe and Zach uh, I, I think about and we, they, we were talking specifically about Charles Cross the offensive tackle for Mississippi State and I said he's such a high-level pass protector, but he was a little bit of a challenge because when you watched him at Mississippi State, so many teams, because they played an air-raid offense, were dictating terms of of the plays by playing a drop-eight, three-down lineman defensive shell to try to take away throwing windows because Mississippi State throws the ball 55, 60 times a game. Right? So when you get those three-man fronts, what ends up, happening is you get somebody head up on the nose and you get two defensive ends who are shaded probably on the inside eye or head up of the offensive tackle. You don't get a lot of wide angled rushers. So that was hard for me as I was watching Charles cross this offensive tackle from Mississippi state who's projected to be a top 10 pick top 15 pick to get a feel for how he framed those wide angled rushers because of the offensive philosophy, the team carried at the college level and what defenses promptly did to react to that. Why am I telling you this? Because I think about Liam Eichenberg. And Liam played in an offense in Notre Dame his last year that ran the ball
1: 43 times a game. 43 times a game. And he's perceived as this high floor player
0: because the offense was balanced and because opposing teams really couldn't explode and tee off on you on the edge. It protected you from a lot of that speed rush threat. And a lot of times teams had to stay in base and be more condensed with their fronts and sets.
1: Well, then he comes to Miami and the team can't run the ball lick. The team's not balanced offensively. And now,
0: magically, Liam isn't protected by the environment of the offense and how the offense is dictating terms to the opposing side. And now he's getting threatened with speed off the edge. And I say that to say, If the Dolphins' offensive philosophy is going to evolve and be centered around the run game in the way in which we think it is, I think that gives Liam Eikenberg as good of a chance of any of the underperformers from last year's offensive line group to find his footing and become a reasonable quality starter for the Dolphins because it's going to install him into an environment that much more closely replicates what he had at San Francisco, and how he was able to mentally approach the game because of the looks that he was getting from opposing defense versus being an, an offense that you know, can't, simply can't run the ball and doesn't prompt respect from opposing defenses and gets teed off
1: on any level of an obvious passing situation. Food for thought. But Ryan Jensen, not
0: franchise tag. Teron Armstead, not franchise tag. Because the Saints are going to have to conduct a lot of wizardry uh, over the course of the next week to get cap compliant. And then we'll all magically say, oh, see, again, look, the caps. The cap is fake. The cap's not real. And I would just remind you to go look at the Saints roster from two years ago versus the Saints roster on opening day of free agency and try to tell me the salary cap is fake and doesn't have real ramifications. Please. I look forward to hearing from you. look forward to hearing from you all as well as we push closer and closer to the start of free agency. That is going to do it for today's episode of locked on dolphins. I hope you all enjoyed fins up, make it a good one and keep it locked in right here on locked on dolphins.